He needs some friends. Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, and then it's spring, by Julie Fogliano. Illustrations by Aaron E. Stead. Published by Roaring Brook Press. With it officially being springtime, we chose a book that attempts to sum up the anticipation of spring. And then it's spring is a guide to planting a garden around springtime. A boy and his animal friends plant seeds and sit around waiting for the plants to start sprouting. Does this boy have a green thumb or will the plants never bloom? We'll bring some fertilizer and let's see if we can get these plants growing. The book begins with a boy standing with a scarf wrapped around him and a dog and a turtle beside him. He's on a farm. It looks like it's out of the movie North by Northwest. So if you have a fear of wide open spaces, this book may not be for you. It's just endless fields of dull brown. Well, the scarf comes off the boy's face, and we see he's so white, he's almost clear. The boy does not look alive. Is he a ghost that hangs around this farm haunting it? Or did his parents not let him go outside during the winter? and he hasn't seen the sun in months. If that's the case, get this boy some vitamin D. The boy begins to plant seeds. Of what plants? The story never tells us, which is frustrating, because not all plants have the same seeding process. How am I supposed to follow his lead if I don't know what to plant? The boy gets the seeds planted and is dressed up with all of his rain gear on, but it's a sunny day. The book states, quote, and a wish for rain. End quote. Why the hell is he wishing? Just drag out a hose, or at least do what they did in Man of the House, and do a rain dance. Put some effort in. He looks like a damn foo standing there with a jacket on in the sun. Of course, on the next page he gets lucky and it actually rains. How long was he waiting? We have no clue. This kid never goes inside while it's raining. He just stands there taking it. I'm really leaning towards this kid being a ghost. After the rain, it's still just dull and brown outside. Nothing happened. In fact, the fields look a bit flooded, which would not be good. This boy needs some more hobbies or clubs to join, because he whips out his magnifying glass and just stares at the ground. And no, he's not lighting ants on fire. Apparently a rabbit joined the dog and turtle, and they're sitting there with the boy, watching. There isn't one human being around this boy, the whole book. It's sad. He's one lonely soul, dead or alive. This boy's been outside for a whole week, and nothing has happened. He must have done something wrong, or it's the dog digging everything up. You can see he's getting desperate, because he's dumping a whole bag of seeds everywhere now. Like, screw it, one's bound to sprout. The book starts blaming the animals like birds and attempts humor blaming bears. Quote, Because bears can't read signs that say things like, Please don't stop here. There are seeds and they are trying. End quote. So silly. Where the hell is this kid that there are bears on a farm? And where are his parents leaving him outside with these beasts? This kid is out there for weeks and still nothing. He's getting delirious because he claims he can hear the green coming.
I'm wondering if this kid is giving up because he sets up a tire swing in the middle of his garden. That's one way to destroy a garden fast. And I just realized he planted all these seeds directly under a tree. I hope these plants don't need sunlight. Just when it's looking bleak, the boy goes to check one last time on his garden, and the brown has turned to green everywhere. The story ends on him enjoying the spring in his tire swing. By himself. We never do figure out what he planted. Is there really a lesson to be learned from this story? You could say it's a reference to the old saying, a watchpot never boils. Just sitting there staring at something isn't going to accomplish anything. The story also makes you wonder if he planted his seeds too early. It shouldn't take weeks to see results. Or was this meant to be artsy, and the boy was merely the ghost of springtime working his magic, capturing the anticipation of the explosion of life spring brings? I'll leave it up to the listener to decide. Julie wrote this springtime book for one specific climate, though it's hard to place my finger on exactly where it takes place because of the bears. So that being said, it may not be relatable for everyone. For example, if you live in Chicago, it's brown until July, and there really isn't a spring. Or if you live in Florida, it can be fairly green year-round. What about Arizona? It's always brown. I worry she could be limiting her audience, taking the stereotypical springtime approach. I did like that she was concise and that she attempted humor, even though it wasn't funny at all. This book was honestly more about the pictures. Erin won a Caldcott medal on another book, and it showed in this one. Her use of colors captured the transition of spring quite well. This book will definitely get you in the mood for springtime. So on a scale from 1 to 5, I'm going to give this book a 2.8. I'll have a taste, push it around, and go back for several more bites. This goose is cooked. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.